Welcome everyone to Uncorked with Holly and Gina. We're excited you've joined us for a conversation to unleash your inner badassery and uncork your magic. This is the no bullshit, all truth, nothing but fun podcast. And don't worry, we've got you. You are our VIP. Hello, everyone. Welcome to LOA Uncork. This is Holly. And this is Gina. Okay, Gina. Uh-huh. L- last week, uh-huh. I, I wanted to follow Jude Curvan around and do an archy dig with her. Uh-huh. Yes, I know. And we were going to dig up bones. I know. And yeah. sometimes you find the bones, sometimes you don't find the bones. Right. But, you're, but you were just excited about the digging. Well, I just wanted to hang out with her. But now I have a new person I want to hang out with uh-huh. because go. he is the sole archaeologist. So instead of bones, Gina, I get to go find souls. souls. Oh, I know. Good. I don't think, I wonder if you That's get dirty. dirty. I know. Dirty. Exactly. I would, well, unless the soul is dirty, which we can, maybe, maybe our guests can uh, enlighten us on the dirty soul. You said once you had a dirty soul. Yeah, I, 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 I cleansed my dirty soul in the ocean one time. Yes, you yeah. did. <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right, R. I'm so excited about this conversation. I know. Thank God he can help us. (laughs) We're not sure it's dirty anymore. You cleansed it. The salt water, you know. All right, we'll ask him. He knows. Okay, so today we have, and we are so honored to have him today. I'm so excited. Ken W. Stone. He is the sole archaeologist, Gina, and that fascinates me. Yeah, for sure. So he's a spiritual teacher. He's a healer. He's a messenger. He's also the founder of the Resonance Experiment. We can talk about that. And the author of the forthcoming book, Resonance, The Path of Spiritual Mastery. Mm. We're going to talk about that. Mm. So God expresses through Ken in a unique way. When people sit with him in transmission, they have a profoundly different experience of the divine in the body, in their body, Gina, their body. Mm. So I'm not sure what that means, but he's going to tell us. Mm-hmm. Brings it in, calls it in, and he's, he scoops it, it up yep, yep, without any yep. dirt and puts it. I don't know. He's going to tell us. Okay. <laughs> um, so, for example, he's worked with a number of advanced former students of Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, mm-hmm. who each said, unprompted, <laughs> following their initial session, I say initial because I like getting things done quickly, Gina. <laughs> Go find it quick and break back. Okay. That it was the deepest spiritual experience of their life. Wow. That is profound. Yeah. So he helps, which I think is really cool, elite athletes, high-performing teams, spiritual messengers unlock and express their divine potential yeah. on the playing field and in the world. Yeah. I think he's going to help us today, Gina. I can't Gina. Wait to hear more about that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's really cool. Yeah. The elite athlete, yeah. athlete is very cool. His work mm-hmm. helps individuals and teams open up, sustaining deep flow states professionally and personally through unique experiential learning practices. Mm. Welcome to LOA Uncorked. Ken W. Stone, the sole archaeologist. Where Woo! have you been, Ken? All of our Please lives. Where have I? <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful to be with you, ladies. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. So Holly um, just shared kind of, kind of, I would say kind of like the highlight reel of Ken. But I think the way we like to open up our podcast, Ken, is just um, allowing our guests to share a little bit about themselves kind of almost kind of those mile markers of yourself personally and and within your career that kind of would be important for our audience to hear before we kind of 
get into the bulk of our conversation today. So if you sure. wouldn't mind kind of sharing a bit about yourself, that would be good for our audience to understand. Um, I think that would be fantastic. Wonderful. Sounds like a fun place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, um, when I think about my life, I think, huh, am I, have I been here the whole time? Like what, what's been <laughs> unfolding here? You know, yeah. I, I, maybe the through line of my life is I want to have an experience and experience has become kind of the, the key for me. So, um, I can remember when I was an adolescent, I was raised in the Catholic church and at some point I left and, um, it, didn't make a lot of sense to me and nothing against the Catholic church or organized religion. But then there was a big question. You know, the question was, is there a God? And then a friend took me up in a small plane after we graduated high school and we flew along the front range of Colorado and up near Long's Peak. And it was in September, October, a little bit earlier in the year than when we're chatting now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the Aspen were turning. And I looked down at all this and I thought, there is a God. Now I want an experience of God. And that experience uh, took a couple of decades before I started having that experience. And it was was a circuitous journey, as I suppose it is for everyone, you know, for whatever it is that kind of drives or motivates us or maybe is most important. And it started um, kind of changing for me, actually, when I I was working as uh, professionally as a mortgage lender at the time. And uh, a buddy of mine who I have lunch with every couple of weeks, we've been doing this for decades, he said, hey, there's this, um, there's this movie you got to watch. And I said, okay, I'd love to see it, man. And he says, okay, it's, um, it's called The Secret. And it was the first edition of The Secret, which had uh, Esther Hicks in it, which you may be familiar with. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, uh, you know, I was a, I don't think I was even recovering at the time. I was a type A personality in full bloom. <laughs> in full bloom. I love that. On the back. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. So I, I saw that movie and I thought, oh, yeah, here we go. Now I can make things the way I want them to. Here we go. You know, this is, right? Now I could, I, could, I could jump on this train. This is great. And um, in college, I studied philosophy because I wanted to. And, <laughs> and so I wanted to understand, you know, what is all this? And so I start researching Esther Hicks and she's a channel and I'm very skeptical about that. I think, well, that yep. must be a bunch of hooey, you know? Yeah. And so... Um, so then I think, well, she's not channeling, she's just regurgitating something. And so I start doing all this research and right. and I land on a book by Charles Honnell called The oh, Master yeah. Key System. Key you, system. You're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very familiar. Yeah. Yes. And so I thought, okay, I'm gonna learn how to visualize. And so I start doing the book, and in comes this spontaneous thought: what is my purpose? And I start asking it while I'm visualizing it. And um, 
I thought I knew what my purpose was. I was working in financial services. I was helping people optimize for their retirement and blah, blah, blah. You know, I had all these credentials and on and on. Yeah. And, uh, and then I learned how to meditate in August of that year. That was uh, 2007. And my assistant started calling me Zen Ken because I changed <laughs> from a type A personality to, you know, like this really oh kind of relaxed, relatively speaking person. <laughs> Zed and then the Ken, next month, awesome. Zed Ken, yeah, I wish I, yeah. <laughs> so I went to this in-residence meditation retreat and a person there on the, at the closing ceremony, we were in silence doing kind of this guided process. He gets out a piece of paper and he writes on it, you should be working as a healer. And I start sobbing uncontrollably, even though I don't know what the word healer means. And so that was... The reason I kind of set all this up, you know, is there a God, how can I experience God? And then this is that the first time I had an experience of divinity in my body was a few months later when I laid my hands on someone's head who had a migraine and my hands and feet started buzzing and their migraine went away. And there was no training in there. Uh, between when right. he said this and in fact I hired him for a um, a session a, an intuitive session and he just kept talking about healing this healing that and you know I'm my life was kind of falling apart at the time and I, I wanted to know is are things going to turn out and anyway I came out of the session and I thought all right there are three things that I heard him say one you know what you're doing just go do it. You don't need to be trained. And he had said in September when we met, after we came out of silence, you've done this in many prior lifetimes. It's more natural than breathing. And I, again, I thought, what the heck are you talking about as I'm crying? So anyway, headache. So in the headache experience, here is this dynamic of divinity in my being. And there were a bunch of other experiences that happened pretty quickly that sort of helped me realize this isn't a parlor trick. This isn't a joke. This is something pretty serious. Serious is in really meaningful things can happen for the people that. And so, the, but this journey for me has been like a, a um, it's like a bunch of ships crashing into each other. You know, like one ship is, this is what I want my life to be. Another ship is, and here's what your life is going to be. You know, another ship is, I yeah. think I want this in my life. Another ship yeah. is, but here's how your life is going to be. And so yes. for me, you know, it's really been a journey of surrender, of letting go of control, of opening up to something that is much greater than anything I could have ever conceived of myself. And I'm not saying it's been easy. I mean, you know, recovering type A personality, I've been resistant to a lot of it. It's been really challenging to sort of reconceive who I am, how God is, how God expresses in each of us. I mean, it's been a front row seat, let's say, to divine expression and these kinds of things. And along the way, I've noticed these sort of patterns in in developmental, um, the developmental journey in consciousness with the people that I've worked with. And, and so all of these things have sort of informed um, but they're more in the rearview mirror. Like what's actually unfolding for me, I don't ever understand intellectually. I can't even put words to it. Right. It's, you know, looking back five or 10 years, oh yeah, here's here's what that was. And so 
even to be able to have a conversation, not something I could have done and and wasn't capable of for a number of years because somebody would say, what, what are you doing? And I'd say, I'm not doing anything. And they'd say, well, tell me about your experience. And I'd say, my hands and feet are buzzing. And, you know, I often, you know, tears start leaking because it's such a glorious experience yeah. to witness, mm-hmm. you know, not as an idea, not as a projection, but a fact, divine presence in every single person I encounter. Yeah. It's just incredible. But a, but a big shift, let's say, very different than the way I thought my life would be and what I thought I'd be doing. Wow. I mean, I have a lot of questions, but go, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that, you know, in our podcast and in our life, we had a similar trajectory. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. who is this Esther and Jerry Hicks? And mm-hmm. I remember like listening to their tapes in the dark and being scared. <laughs> right. You know, right. yes, I did. And I did it really low so nobody would hear me, you know, like I was sneaking right. it, you know. And so, I mean, and then you go, I love this ships, how. You know, I want the perfect house or the perfect yeah. life. I want I want to be the mortgage broker and I was a finance person. I want to be the CEO, yep. you know, and then, you know, and I want to we talk a lot about manifesting st- stuff. You go back to the secret, that's really about stuff. And the reality is you ask the people that have all the stuff and they're like, "Well, that's really doesn't make you feel better okay and right right you know yeah and so and then when we get asked well why can't i manifest this and i'm like that is the hardest question to answer yeah it really and is. and so i'm gonna go back i mean i just wanted to just like put some pieces on that but i yeah i feel like type a personality is in my opinion well <laughs> i'm that too by the way okay but <laughs> is command and control yeah. I feel like it's a lot about control. And you said you learned very, well, I don't know if it's very quickly, but you learned how to surrender. And that word, I feel, is overused in our space because mm-hmm. we don't know what that means. Right. Like a type yeah. A. So we've got yeah. an audience member exactly. right now that wants yep. to control everything. My friend Gina is nodding because she likes to control <laughs> things too. Yep. Yep. And yep. so, and, and I pretend I don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a, a faker. Okay. I don't even, I am a liar. I'm a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. I lie, apparently. Yeah, I I'm not on purpose. Not on purpose. I was clueless about my lying, but I was. So how do you, what did you do <laughs> to surrender to that? And then I, I have a whole bunch of other questions, yes, yes. but. Well, um, I mean, I guess the short answer is that I suffered a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, you know, I was. I was in a dynamic of how can I make my life the way I want it to be at the same time that something was, I mean, for me, at least it was truly extraordinary. This thing is expressing when I'm working with people, I kept my identity, if you will, hidden as a healer for a long time. But I mean, I went on Twitter, but I was anonymous. Who's anonymous on Twitter? You know, I mean, this is weird. You know, I created a website, but... I hid the registration so nobody could figure out who I was because I wanted to be able to talk about what was happening, but I didn't want anyone to know it was me. And so when I started sort of stepping out publicly, which was about 2010, I, you know, there's this inherent tension, I think, maybe within every human being between sort of 
who we really are, which I think of now as our whole selves, and who we want to be or the, the part of us that is in, thinks it's in charge. And I think of that now as the separate self. And the, the tension between those is what allows us to embody and integrate as the undistorted expression of divinity that each of us is. But the experience of that is suffering, profound suffering. Yeah. And yeah. it could be physical, emotional, and so on. And so for me, a lot of that suffering was around what I thought of as sort of my two core issues, uh, money and unconditional love. Yeah. And then I, I took, um, in the early part of 2011, I took a Enneagram class. Uh, some good friends of mine were like, you got to take the Enneagram. It's going to, you're going to see so much about yourself. And I ended up in this workshop and I had, there were clients of mine in the workshop, which made it, you know, sort of beautiful and also challenging. I wasn't necessarily embracing being vulnerable at that point. And so it was a little challenging. So anyway, I, what I realized is it's actually, it's all about love for me. It's the, the core wound, if you will, my, the, the driving force for me is a desire to secure and experience unconditional love. And that awareness was huge for me because it took all my attention down to one thing. And mind you, even as I'm teaching and so on, people would say, what do I need to do? I'd say, you know, surrender. Like I can remember one of the first virtual sessions I did in the fall of 2010, you know, whatever the session was about, a lot of it was in silence. And then I did a Q and A and one of the people on the thing said, you know, I've, um, I've surrendered this, I've surrendered that, I've surrendered everything in my life. Why then can't I have things the way I want to be? And I started laughing because I wasn't, you know, practiced in not having an automatic reaction. It just came out of me. I was like, that's hilarious. Oh, wait, that's an honest question. Sorry. So, you know, I, so I was talking like, if you, if you are saying, why can't I have what I want? You haven't surrendered yet. You know, you're still, and so I had to, but I'm teaching this even as I'm within myself struggling with exactly the same thing. And so when I really started to consider my life, when I looked at it, I realized, you know, here I am thinking I'm in charge trying to create an experience of unconditional love in intimate relationship with my parents, with friends, with myself and business, blah, 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 blah. And every time it's not happening, it's not happening. And I change this, I change that, I blah, 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 I hold this intention, et cetera. It's not happening. And so in my life, the contrast was I'm sitting in session with clients and these miracles are happening. Like here is divine right. presence and I'm not doing anything. It's not like I'm casting the net or <laughs> holding an intention. So there's incredible flow, profound resonance that's unfolding and just these absolute miracles physically, emotionally, and in life circumstance. But in my own life, I'm like, come on, God, why don't you bring some of this to me? You know, what's yeah. going on here? And so I started realizing my efforts of control are effectively like a stop sign to God, to the divine, by whatever name, right? Mm. I don't mean it religiously. I mean just yeah. Yeah. the nameless one, right? Yes. And so this stop sign is saying, I've got this. I've got this taken care of, but I didn't have it taken care of. And when I thought about it, I thought, 
well, if anyone's got it taken care of, it's got to be God, right? And I have a relationship with divinity in my body. So, I mean, surrender shouldn't be that hard, right? But when I started thinking, like, if I let go of control, what's going to happen? Well, I came up with all sorts of nightmare scenarios. And that was my separate self sitting there going, I got to stay in charge, right? Right. And so... You know, one of them was I was going to be homeless. Another one was that I was going to die. Another one, I wouldn't see my kids again. I might become an itinerant healer and never see home. I might not be able to stay in spirituality and have to go into banking, blah, blah, blah. And so what I did, because I was in so much resistance to these, is I sat down and started visualizing that those were real for me. So... I made myself homeless and not in a matter of moments. Mind you, I'd been doing Honnell's book, so I had the skills. I made myself homeless. I spent days, weeks creating that in my mind, going into it. What am I resistant to? Now I don't have a home. What am I scared of? And I went through all of that. It took me months. And when I got to the end of it, the experience I had in each part that I visualized was when it happened it was a relief it wasn't something i was scared of anymore it was less challenging than the garbage that i was living the upset i was living trying to avoid the experience that i was resisting and when i realized that i realized i can turn my life over to divinity at this point and then being the good type a personality I scheduled my surrender. On a Tuesday, I called up a friend and I said, hey, I'm going to surrender next Thursday and I need you to witness me. Can we block this on our calendars? And and then I went through an actual experience on that Thursday. I went over to her home and it was like I'd been preparing in some ways my entire life, maybe all my lifetimes to come to this place where I could just say, okay, divinity, It's you. It's you in every part of my life. And it was probably the most painful experience I've I've been through. Not probably, absolutely, by a long shot, more painful than anything else, physically, emotionally, on every level. And the first maybe three hours of it, I thought, this is it. I'm going to die. And then it stopped. And I thought, thank God I didn't die. And then it started again. And the first part was nothing compared to the second part. And when I came out of the second part, I could see divinity. I could see energy in everything. I could see light everywhere. I looked at a blade of grass, and I could see the consciousness of the blade of grass. And it's the same consciousness that's in me. I mean, it was was a profound, profound experience. And then, you know, what follows? Chance to let go again, you know? I stayed in that state probably for 30 to 60 days. And then I started, my separate self started creeping in again. You know, I'm going to try to grab control. And I went, I don't want to go through that experience again. So it's maybe a lot of detail, but that's my experience of preparing for and surrendering. And then, you know, really it has become a daily practice for me, even a moment by moment practice. Yeah. And did your, your, spiritual um creativity and practices start expanding then i mean what happened oh, after yeah. that you know yeah. uh once you surrendered did what came besides the yeah. beautiful yeah. Yeah. uh vision of the fact that and the truth that we're not separate and you could see the energy right. i mean that's really right. yeah. really 
hella cool. Okay. And what the yeah. world needs to hear yeah. all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I love the fact that you're vulnerable enough to say, hey, I'm healing people. I'm doing all this. But yet I haven't surrendered and telling people to do this. Yeah. But that's yeah. what we do. And, so much and of- it yeah. should be, never be, well, we don't believe in shame. Shame is just clown shit okay but but it is just clown shit but we you know um but some people think oh i can't do this because i'm not perfect well there's no such thing you just said it yourself you said it comes after you again and you have to say no i'm not going there i don't want to do that yeah right right yeah i mean i right the there's the myth is there's a light switch we flip the light switch and then we feel fulfilled yeah the reality, at least my reality, my experience has been that getting ready for that light switch was very challenging. Mm-hmm. Flipping it was profound and beautiful and very challenging. And every moment of every day, I'm back to the switch. You asked what happened after that. I, I was almost homeless in August. So mm. I and what was happening for me in real time was I stopped any kind of effort at control it was just basically this dialogue with divinity in every moment of every day where are you calling me where am i what am i to do and so um and and things just started to you know it's like the miracles that i was facilitating and witnessing in other people not i don't think i was facilitating that's the wrong way to say it i was witnessing Witnessing. divinity in action with them but I was not causing that, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, right. So um, uh, those things started to happen for me as well. And they happened in, in ways that were just totally spontaneous and extraordinary. You know, I had a, a personal friend who's a spiritual promoter and we were having coffee and, and uh, in August. And she said, hey, I, I want to uh, promote you for an event here in Northern Colorado. I mean, this is somebody who's promoted, you know, name the person, Michael Bernard Beckwith, yeah. uh, Deepak yeah. Chopra, whatever, uh, uh, Doreen Virtue, all, all these yeah. people have come to Northern Colorado over the years. She's the person who brought them in. And I was like, whoa, okay, that sounds great, you know? And so things really started shifting. But I would say the biggest piece of the shift was that what wanted to emerge was allowed to emerge. Yeah. So my separate self would think, well, I can't say this because this is so this is such against what people believe is true or it's just going to mess people up or people are going to think I'm crazy or whatever my separate self was hung up on and after surrender I was just like yeah. I mean, so I'll give you a practical example. You know, mm-hmm. here I am trying to create a spiritual business and I'm doing, you know, how do you find your niche and blah blah blah, and, you know, there's all this mental work, you know, you interview your clients, you do all this stuff, right? So I figured, okay, the reality is I've worked with a lot of people who have post-traumatic stress disorder and I've helped them out. So I'm going to, I'm going to orient my life, my business around PTSD. Yeah. And it wasn't crickets, but effectively it was crickets. It was like the minute I thought I'm going to control this, it all went the away. Tur- the spigot turned off. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And when the minute I surrendered, it was like, yeah, I mean, we could talk about PTSD if you want, but this is really about divine wholeness and the experience of wholeness. You know, beforehand, somebody would say, let's talk about healing. And I would talk about, well, here's how healing happens. After surrender, somebody would say, let's talk about healing. And I'd say, well, healing is a byproduct of an experience of divinity that's within all of us in equal measure. Mm. And people would be like, what? What are you talking about? You know, Mm -hmm. like uh, that doesn't make any sense. And then I'd try to explain it. And 
it didn't matter if I could explain it or not. I was just stepping into the void again and again and again, mm-hmm. you know, refreshing this sort of deeper level of intimacy with the divine. You know, I don't know how else to say it. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So how, um, the story is just beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it literally, for my type A personality, gives me a little angst, even just hearing sure. you talk about it. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. You know, I kind of was, as you were talking about, you know, um, the surrender and, and, and once, once you flip the switch and you see this gorgeous space that you're in in a different way, and then, you know, the, that stays for a little while and then the light bulb goes out and you got to find the switch again, right? Um, I think about being in a dark room and you can't find the light switch, like literally like right. I'm a visual kid. So I'm like, yeah. and then once you know where the light switch is, at least you have a orientation about how to get back there and kind of where right. on the wall it is. Right. And right. Mm-hmm. so at least you can find it a little easier once you've actually right. turned the light on and flip the switch. Right. But, but you've got to, um, you've got to keep going back to the switch and turning it on, which I think is a really good reminder for, for me personally. And I'm sure our, our audience too is, you know, um, it's a journey and we're going to find the switch and we're going to get, you know, we're going to find things along the way, tools, but you've got to keep using them. You've got to keep implementing. It's not like you're forever changed and you can just take that off the list of things to do. Right. Right. Um, So I I love that. Can you talk about, so, um, soul archeologist, can you kind of tie what you've been working on? I love that by the way. I do too. So good. You're all about the dig. I know. I like it. It's <laughs> so like a you, mystery. It really is. So can you talk a little bit about your experience and the work that you're doing and how how that ties to kind of that term soul archaeologist? Yeah. Please? Well, maybe the the easiest way I can describe the term, it's actually a term that a friend of mine gave me. And I had done session work with her. And one day we were sitting and she said, just talk about what you do. And I said, I mean, why would I do that? You already know what I do. And it's not really me anyway, and you know that. And she said, I know, I know, but just just start talking. Let's just see what happens. And she's, of course, very intuitive and has all this awareness. And I said, well, you know, I mean, it's like we're digging down. We're uncovering this buried treasure within us, and it's within everyone. And we think it's like up there or out there or like we have to become something different. Different. We have to ascend to a different plane of reality. We have to transcend and leave all our limitations behind. But actually, it's right there inside of us the whole time. We just have to uncover it. And she's like, you're the soul archaeologist. And I thought, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. And so, you know, I started using it and it stuck. In terms of the maybe the more complete exploration around this, you know, I understand those orientations, the idea that we're on this spiritual evolution and we're evolving and transcending. You know, for a lot of people, the human condition includes an enormous amount of suffering, People use terms like density to describe it and all sorts of other things. And then we have kind of these peak spiritual experiences or, you know, relationships or we're in a place in nature and it feels like we've moved above the clutter and the density of our human yeah. existence and we're in a different plane of existence. So I understand why why those kinds of things get utilized in, in my work with people individually and in groups, what I 
started noticing was that when I, and I don't, it's not a visual thing, although there is a visual component. It's not something I'm causing. It just is. When I'm sitting with somebody, like I can see, experience, feel who they are. Like, Mm. I don't mean like, you know, I mean, gifts, it's almost like the healing and the gifts and the purpose and the the full divine expression. These are all side effects of the thing I'm trying to talk about. And so, and that thing is there in everyone. And it, it's not something that I'm like grabbing and pulling in. Like when the minute I connect in with somebody, it's like, bam, there it is. It's no... And there's no gap for me. Like the moment I become aware of them in session is the language I use, but whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's there they are. And, but they might be talking about my experience is, you know, challenge, suffering, density, da, 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 all these things that, that aren't what I'm seeing. And I, what I, it's almost like those things are like piling on. I don't know how to explain it. It's not like they're putting them there. It's their experience. And they're talking about them like they want to escape the gravity of that planet of yuckiness. And what I say, if I have an opportunity or somebody's open to it is there's no, you don't need to escape anything. It's right here, you know? And the thing is, I don't even have to say that because when we're sitting together at some point, they start having an experience of it. And it, it it's almost doesn't matter what's going on for them. It's like, and wow. so these things just start kind of, I don't know, just evaporating or whatever. You know, there was this download that I received in the fall of 2010. I'd been asking this question. Okay, God, great. So my hands and feet buzz. This is all amazing. I need something to teach. You know, people were like, how do I do this? What can I do? How can I replicate this? What the heck's happening? And so I'm like, all right, give me something here. Because until then, it was like, you know, crickets coming out of my mouth, which may shock you because I got a lot to say (laughs) here. But then it was like nothing, you know? (laughs) And, uh, And so... I had this download and the download was so simple. It was a picture of a layer beneath which was divinity. And there were these little portals in the top of that layer. And each one had a name. Mine in this lifetime says Ken and Holly and Gina. And the light goes through that portal. And now it's the light differentiated, divine light differentiated as you, as me, as each of us. And then I went up a little bit further and there was like all the sand, all these grains of sand and the light caught the sand and cast shadows up. And there were all these screens and I looked at the screens, you know, one of them said physical body, mind, subconscious, and a bunch of them weren't labeled. I didn't know what the heck they were. And then I went up to the top of the, the space above the sand and there's this concave surface, almost like the uh, the interior of the Sistine Chapel, like the ceiling. Wow. And there's this guy lying on his back painting on the top there. And he's dipping his paintbrush into red paint and he paints and it's brown paint that's coming. Like it's, and I'm looking at him, I'm going, that paintbrush is dipping into financial abundance. He's trying to paint financial abundance, but he's getting brown. He's getting not financial abundance. And I could see off to the side from my perspective, one of these grains of sand was like dark green and it was casting a dark green shadow combining with the red to make brown. And for me, I mean, I'm I'm making it 
infinitely more complex in terms of time because all this came in like this and a ton of extra stuff. And I realized, oh my God, that's it. Like all we have to do is go beneath the sand. The sand is the illusion of separation. We think it's all about trying to manipulate energy and all these things, but here is this light shining in. The illusion of separation is casting shadows, and if we get to it, we try to manipulate the illusion of separation, but when we focus on separation, what do we get? More separation. It just multiplies, and the opportunity is just to drop below the sand and sit there in our wholeness and have a visceral experience, and so I instantly say this to the next available client. Hey, you want to try something? And one of those people turned out to be somebody who was um, like had complex PTSD, had been deployed through multiple war zones and like was seriously messed up. And we did three sessions of that and he healed completely. I mean, it was like, and so for me, it was like, oh my God, here is this wholeness that sits within each of us. And we're all hung up trying to create something when What's really going on is this opportunity to just sit in the light and be who we are. And anyway, again, I'm getting carried away, but that's the long answer to a simple question. Because I was like, you do think somebody's giving Holly a run for her money in the carried away apartment. I mean, right? Yes. Uh huh. I mean, I can't be. I know. I can't. I'm just like, my eyes are wide eyed. I'm like, wait a second. I know. I mean, okay. So. That feels and it sounds like a mystical experience that you had. And so then you can somehow bring that forward so that, I mean, it's teams, athletes, all the people that you're honing in on um, can experience that same mystical experience. So I know you said you don't do anything. Is it like a holding space? Is it just a hey, there it is over there. I see that sand, move it over. I mean, you know, is... Are you are you using your buzzing hands? I mean, are you laying hands on people? Like, I, I mean, I'm curious kind of what that process looks yeah. like as well. Holly. Yeah, so, you know, I don't do any hands-on work. Um, I think the only hands-on work happened very early on in the first couple of months. And then beyond that, uh, it's all uh, remote, uh, even if I'm in the same room. So um, if I'm working with a group, I'll be in front of the group. If it's an individual, uh, sometimes I'll sit with people in person. Um, And yeah, one way to think of it is the divine has a unique expression through each of us because we're all unique, right? So you don't even have to work the math out. Just think divine light shines you're different, you're different, right? I'm different, I have my own personality, et cetera, et cetera. Even though we're all the same, we're all one, still there's this unique expression, a flavor, let's say, that expresses uniquely. And so it turns out, in my case, I guess one way to say that unique expression is that it enlivens an experience of that dynamic of divine presence within those with whom I am sitting with or or together with in transmission. And like after that, it's all divinity. Like it's it's all inner work. And so, I mean, I support people through it. I understand it at a much greater depth now. I understand sort of the mechanics and and the the developmental process is how I see it rather than an evolutionary one. It's like we're uncovering a wholeness that's already there rather than evolving to something we don't know about and mm-hmm. all these types of things. But beyond that. The, it's like the journey is very similar for each of us, but 
the particulars are unique. And so each of us is integrating in different ways, but we're all integrating. And so that presence, that resonance of divine presence, that when that becomes kind of the anchored point within a person, and one way to think of it is a lot of people focus on thinking to interact in their lives, and a lot of people focus on their heart, and I'm supporting people, in, and this is maybe a feeling perspective. Mm-hmm. And what happens is people drop into their hips uh, in my work, and so, or the way God works through me is maybe a better way of saying it. And so in the hips, it's like this being expression dominates everything. It doesn't wipe out the individual. It's that the thinking and the feeling are the result of the being, if if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So they're in a state of alignment. And so what is expressing is divinely aligned and enlivened and expressed now. And so each of us sort of in our divinely aligned state express our full divine potential as that embodies and integrates. And so what you see is like with peak performers and spiritual messengers and elite athletes and so on is when um, from a developmental standpoint, there's a lot of focus around sort of mental perspective, visualization and so on. And the breakthrough then happens when we can shift down into this being perspective and the oomph, the energy is actually divinely sourced rather than individually sourced. And that expression now lifts or expresses more fully through the individual. Wow. Does that make sense? It does, yes. So um, can you kind of talk about um, for those that are are walking through this process and and maybe just even referencing your own experience. Um, You talked about kind of almost like the, um, what's the right terminology, almost like this um, reconciling with your whole self and your separate self, right? Yeah. And um, the separate self, I'm assuming is where our ego lies, right? Um, To some extent, right? Yeah, the ego is actually both in the whole self and the separate self. This is another, I think, misnomer or myth that a lot of people have. Like like the ego is going to disappear in the integrated state or when I'm enlightened, there is no ego. Uh, That's not my experience and it's not what I've witnessed. But anyway, I interrupted you. I keep going. No, no, I'd love you to talk more about that um, maybe as you answer this. But I'm curious how, how, what as you've walked through that process and continue to walk through that process, what what well is the one or two things that you have learned or tools that you've used to see when the creeping in of the separate self is occurring or, or maybe more the migration of the whole self to the separate self, I'm not sure which way it goes, but um, what tools have you found most effective mm. for yourself or maybe with yeah. others that you're working with that kind of yeah. helps um, mitigate that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, just to be clear, the whole self is the separate self, right? There there aren't two okay. selves. So but oh. it's not clear when I described it. I, I realized that. No, and no, and it's actually something I think I sort of discovered along the way. I'm like, Eh, this is there is no separate self like this is an illusion just like the illusion of separation but 
but it's a really compelling illusion. Another way to talk about the illusion, though, is to say just unintegrated. So it's the whole self that has yet to integrate. And so for sure, there is a really, really powerful process to support that integration. And one way to know when the separate self is being enlivened is when we get our buttons pushed. You know, when the shit hits the fan. <laughs> we were trying to re, re yes, we were trying to rebrand it because we said trigger sounds so like aggressive. Can't we call yeah, it sparks or violent. something like that? Yeah, it sounds yeah. violent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, exactly. so what what I've come to realize is that when the separate self is enlivened, <laughs> it's like there is a it's not like there is a profound gift that's being delivered on a silver platter but it looks like it's covered in manure yes. <laughs> right because because the shit has hit the fan right yeah. and this and it could be i'm angry i'm triggered i'm whatever right it could mm -hmm. be some circumstance in my life it could be a a, a health crisis whatever the heck it is right, right. basically right. anything that i become agitated or whatever and I mean, I don't mean whatever as in it doesn't matter. I mean, there's a long list of ways yeah, that people's right, sure. separate self exactly. gets enlivened. And so when that happens, to be able to recognize here comes the biggest present I've ever received to this point in my life, right. that takes a lot of perspective, right? You got to go through this a lot to figure that out. Yes. And the thing is, we have to unwrap the gift. And to unwrap the gift, we have to transmute the wrapping paper. And the wrapping paper is the is the manure, right? right. And so, right. so how do we do that? And it turns out there's this thing that God does through me. I call it soul embodiment. And in soul embodiment, we're sort of dropping the energy center or the individuated expression. I think of it as the soul, but in some traditions, that's not individuated. Whatever, spirit, whatever you want to say. That is descending from relatively speaking a disembodied place like the head identified in thinking and right. and trying to solve mm -hmm. problems or the heart feeling and you know sort of feeling empowered empowerment's wonderful but at a deeper level right in that surrender dynamic down in the hips so as the soul descends and comes home in the body it enlivens every aspect within us mm -hmm. including all of the untransmuted gifts that haven't been integrated yet. And when they get enlivened, we get our buttons pushed. And the opportunity is if we have a conscious embodiment practice, mm -hmm. then we can sustain embodiment and feel what's being enlivened, which might be some really crappy feelings or sensations in the body or whatever. And the degree to which we can sustain embodiment while feeling fully what's showing up divine alchemy happens and mm. the wrapping paper comes off and this whole aspect of ourselves comes home to be expressed and experienced in our lives and it is it's outrageous it's like uh i got my buttons pushed today and my response at this point mostly not always but for the most part is yay here comes another big gift of me, right? It's another <laughs> gift from myself, from my whole self, getting ready to integrate. And oh yeah, the job that I have now is to embody and feel, feel these feelings. And sometimes that can go on for days or weeks or months. And then when it's integrated, 
We know it's integrated because that noise is gone. And guess what follows? Another round of noise, right? So we just keep integrating. We keep embodying. We keep opening up. And over time, what's happening is more and more of our whole selves are expressing. And that becomes the anchored experience in our lives. That becomes the dominant experience of who we are rather than the separate experience. I love that in that, you know, um, I've been doing some of this work for a while, too. So we talk about like, oh, isn't that great? Okay, we're triggered. What does that mean? <laughs> right. But I usually didn't allow myself to feel the feelings because, say, no wonder right. well, what's a gift? <laughs> like, why would we yeah. be angry about this? It's right. just a gift. Right. And they're here right. to play their role to give me this beautiful gift of shit. Okay, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so, you know, um, so I'm, I don't have feelings around that. And so it's very interesting that you should say that that's the divine alchemy, feeling the feelings as well as acknowledging the consciousness, I guess. You didn't call it that, but something like that. I was like, well, I had not put that together because I'm like, all right, well, listen, I, you know, I, it's a gift. Why would I be angry about it? I shouldn't feel anything other than happiness, pure happiness. Yeah. yeah and the, I mean, it just, I mean, Here's how I would reflect on that, right? The challenge is that there's a little bit of a dissociative dynamic or a disembodiment that goes on when we say I'm not affected by this, but we're trained. I don't want to become identified with these feelings, right? Because right, the mindfulness practice is I am not my thoughts. I am not my feelings. I am not my body. I am this over here. This is essential in supporting the development of moving out of what I think of as stage one consciousness, which is a disempowered and unintegrated experience. Namely, Mm -hmm. all this horrible stuff's happening to me and I have no power. So we don't want to be identified with those feelings. But on the other side, we need to reintegrate this dynamic. There's an opportunity to realize I am my feelings. I am my thoughts. But now I have the resources in which to transmute the noise of these experiences and receive the gift that is buried under the noise of my whole self. Or you could think of as your higher self or your divine self or whatever the heck you want to think of it. It doesn't really matter what we call it. That experience of our innate wholeness, it's not an idea. It's not something we're projecting on it. I mean, sure, it's an idea. We're talking about it now, but we don't have to cause it. It is waiting to fully express within us. And how can we see evidence of that? Look at the world. The world is erupting in opportunities to have our buttons pushed all the time. And we look at that and we think, I need to stop that from happening because that's not what I want. And what I'm saying to people is, it's an invitation for you to discover more of the absolutely beyond your imagination expression of divine light that you are. And you can be that. You are that in this body right now in this you know corporeal mess or whatever we want to think of it Mm -hmm. and it's the mess that delivers the gift if we can recognize it right okay i love that so with your new book that's coming out are you going (laughs) to teach us how to have this mystical experience on our own (laughs) for sure for sure okay i love that yeah i mean can people do it alone or do we need to have somebody hold space for us or can we do it alone Well, you know, I, of course, we can do it alone in our wholeness, right? Because this is who we are. It's often very helpful to be witnessed in that dynamic. 
And um, I mean, one of the things that I um, have tended to do over the years and, and continue to do this over and over again is make available not just the experience, but also the teaching and so on free to people because it, the, the key is the resource. The key is the, the practice, the, the opportunity to transmute, to open up into wholeness. And it's within us all. So it's not something that has to be installed or, you know, transmitted or sent. It's already within each of us. Mm -hmm. But for sure, to have that be enlivened can accelerate that process profoundly. So, yes, the book has it's like an instruction manual. Here is how you do this. Here is how, you know, the developmental progression in consciousness goes. Here is how the illusion of separation works. Here is our myths around control. Here is what healing is as a byproduct rather than the direct focus. Here is soul embodiment and the opportunity to break trauma cycles and open into cycles of resonance. Here is your intuitive guidance system and the relationship and, and invitation to deeper intimacy with the divine. Here's how to live in the mirror, so much so that eventually the mirror integrates. The body is one with the essence of who you are, and not just the inner experience, but the outer experience becomes the inner experience. Mm -hmm. Here's how all these things work. And then here are a series of transmissions that accompany the book that go with that. And I actually have the, the sort of intro to the book available right now as a free self-study program on my website it's totally free for anyone that would like oh, to you know we'll link that have that experience yeah, that's fantastic and what how yeah. else can people work with you um currently well uh, this this intro to the intro class exploring divine resonance is the name it's a wonderful way to tip dip your toe in and, and get started and so on for people that want to go deeper i offer a membership to my online learning Institute, which is called the Resonance Institute. And mm -hmm. members of the Institute have access to all of the programs that I've taught, all the self-study programs. I do live transmissions on a weekly basis and a virtual retreat on a regular basis so via Zoom. All those things are included with membership in the Resonance Institute. And then, you know, for a few people, I do work one-on-one -on -one or in small groups and so on. And those tend to be um, it, there's sort of a, a progression for some people and then for others, you know, I mean, the people that I work with one-on-one -on -one, by and large over the course of my career have been somebody's talking to their friend and they're like, hey, this guy's too weird for words. You definitely need to know him you kind of thing. Him. You know, so. <laughs> so. You got to have him. Anybody needs somebody weird That's like just, this guy, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, you know what it's like. You know, people are doing I, we, spiritual work. Yeah. They're doing inner work, and they're like, yeah. I, I'm running into this barrier. It's like they've got 97% of it figured out. Yes. It's that last 3%. Yeah. That's the work I do with people one-on-one. -on -one. It's the last 3%. That's yeah. the work with those high performers, with spiritual messengers, with people out in the world who are, you know, they're in the process of, like, the, the last aspect of integration. It's the final vestiges of the separate self one-on-one -on -one work can really be profoundly supportive for that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I have, um, you know, just what was it, maybe 10 or so episodes back, we actually interviewed Charles Hanel. Um, <laughs> we had him on, on the podcast. Uh, uh, because we have- Excellent. Really Somebody channeled him in. 
that one did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, but <laughs> yes, kind of. sweet. And yeah, and so I think it's so. I, I love kind of the. Um, I love that we're now having you on and the synchronicity yeah. of that the synchronicity is that yeah of that and your book yeah. is coming and we are just you know just profoundly. Um, aligned with Chuck and his master key Chuck. system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chuck. I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's very, yeah. very cool. And I, I love, yeah. you know, I love that there are new teachers bringing this, those, some of those same messages in a new voice in a different way. And, you know, I know, you know, that, that more people can hear it. Um, cause, cause Charles, his book is deep and it's, That's uh, it's really, a, uh, heady read one way you know, visualization yeah. and yeah. well and I just I find your enthusiasm mm -hmm. and the way you explain things so I love to rebrand everything because we have things that words that are overused and yes. ideas about what those words are just like God I mean people you know have all kinds mm -hmm. of feelings about that word and God is a beautiful word what you know but we right. so we try to rebrand it to universe and all kinds of other things but right. I love that your focus is on wholeness yes. and it's not like you're trying to heal and get rid of something it's integration I mean if right. you look at your work um, and people go check I mean he has so many great videos on his yeah. on his website I mean actually great videos that you can learn something that are free on mm -hmm. his website mm -hmm. and you can tell that the way you speak and um talk about it really not only you i don't think you were trying to rebrand it but it does feel like it's more of a mystical experience and i think you've done a really really great job of uh explaining it today and yeah no doubt yeah and you know, I have a million other questions, but we'll we'll have to have him back. <laughs> I know, yeah. The, no, I'd love right to come back, <laughs> especially this time of fun. year. I mean, we're recording this before the holidays, this will like yeah. come out after sure. the holidays. But you know, the, yeah. the the fact that our triggers are packaged gifts, and yeah, once you can get the wrapping paper off. Oh yeah, be curious about why what the gift is, and yeah, integrate that, and and, and you know, learn yeah. something from those. It Don't sounds just, so yeah. easy, but it isn't easy. It's very, very And no. I do think, no. and I like what you said when I, I asked if you can go it alone. I think you talked about this in the very beginning when you were talking about your trajectory. It's like, I always felt like I had to be alone. Mm -hmm. Like I was alone. I have to do everything alone. You know, like that's something. In the dark, scared, <laughs> listening to Asterix. <laughs> right? And, yeah. and I don't, I think that what we've learned and what you're saying is having people at a certain time if there's always divine timing to show up and help you along the path yeah. is absolutely can help you know it's the rocket fuel sort, sort yeah. of sometimes that extra that Truly. that three percent that gets you to the you know to the place where you can observe those boulders coming at you quicker but <laughs> you know absolutely. and so i really i i yeah. want to say that i love that i think everybody should go on your website and yeah, download the free sure. intro i feel that watching your videos and sign up for the the monthly um membership mm -hmm. might be something that is truly right i agree i agree and i and i also really admire uh teachers in this area which i you are um master teacher uh, who acknowledge that they don't know what you're still on your journey too and and being vulnerable and talking about that constant effort 
I, I do think there is uh, in society, we all just want to take a pill, fl flip the light switch and an elixir. Here, right? I don't want a pill. I just want like something to drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> whatever, whatever. You pick your poison. You want, however you want to take it. That's we want one dose. I don't want poison, Gina. No good. poison. Yeah, but, but I do think um, having examples of, you know, mystic teachers, spiritual leaders like yourself who acknowledge that you're still learning, to, you're still the student as well. I and it's, it's available profound. to all of us. Profound. It's within For sure. us. It's not out there. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the illusion of separation has us all thinking, I'm flawed. I'm broken. If anyone ever knew who I really was, they'd run screaming for the hills. No wonder I'm unlovable. You know, there's that right. kind of inner soundtrack that's going on, I think, for a lot of different people. And, you know, yeah, I mean, for sure, I'm walking with everyone that I'm I have the privilege and honor to to witness and support and and I mean in terms of acknowledgement let's acknowledge the two of you for your enthusiasm and also for your your willingness to have this really for me this is an extraordinary conversation you know it's like the the premise of the exploration is this thing that has a level of resonance with a lot of people but here we are having a conversation that really moves way beyond that context and i i am really enjoying it i'm appreciating the two of you for the work you've done to be the spiritual messengers you are for the conversation that you're engaging in for i mean your humor is wonderful and i love that i love humor it's fun to be silly i mean the humor is a way of being vulnerable it's a way of opening up and being more authentic and i i'm i just am loving what the two of you are up to and it's so much well, fun to that. sit with well, you I'm, it's really you're great funny too so yeah, it takes oh, yeah. it takes one to know one can yeah. um, yeah. but you know part of what we yeah, think so is that the mystical the divine god i mean god has humor oh and my we goodness don't have to take everything so darn serious, serious all the time and so we Amen. laugh at God. We laugh, laugh at the universe. We the play stuff they put down. I'm, I'm like, can you believe they did this? Is they're so funny? Good. Okay, That's like funny, they're yeah. funny. Okay, and yeah. so we try to bring fun and play into everything yeah. that we do because Spot on. we think the divine is about that too. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> it is. Uh, look, all the suffering that led to surrender. Here's what was going on after I surrendered. I was laughing hysterically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I thought I screwed my life up. I thought I made all those mistakes. They were all perfect. And the only way I could realize this is from here. And it's not like, look at me go. It's like, yeah. this is hilarious. The yeah. divine comedy Ooh, is yeah. so funny. It's yeah. so funny. Anyway, the joke was on me the whole time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole time. The whole time. Here I am thinking this is serious work and I, I need to visualize uh, you know, all these right. horrific things. And instead, oh, you know. <laughs> 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 oh, awesome. Well, listen, yeah. Ken W. Stone, you are welcome back anytime. Yes. And oh. we'd love oh. to, uh, Absolutely. To, to have you back after your book is released. For sure. I'd and love to do that. If there's anything that we did not cover that you'd like to add now, you're free to do that before. I mean, we can't keep them all day. I, know, I, I, I want to. <laughs> I well, I, all I can say is thank you. I'm, I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to share time with the two of you and with your community. And 
for the conversation we've had and the places we've explored together. It's really, it's been a kick in the pants and I've really enjoyed every moment of it. And I'm looking forward to coming back after the book's published and sharing more time with you and your community. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Look forward to it. I love it. Thank you everybody for listening. Please go to show notes. We'll have everything linked there. Go sign up, get your free intro. Let's do it. Let's go beneath the sand, everybody. Let's find and integrate the soul. No digging required. Although he did, you know, the sand is dirty. All right, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining our VIP conversation. And please visit us at our website, www.loauncork.com. See you soon.